What's up, everybody? Welcome to Long Time Ago Radio, a conversational podcast about Star Wars and the official podcast of a StarWarsPodcast.com. I'm your host, Joshua Mobley, and with me this week are my two favorite fans in the galaxy, Alex Vargas and Rebecca June Lane. How are you two doing? Hi. Doing good. Doing okay. The Empire is winning, but I think yeah. we'll all be all right, hopefully. It's been quite a week for yeah. a lot of people. But it's okay. We're about to talk about Star Wars. Yay! So a little bit better. Woo. And it's going to be a big episode. Woo! Very conceptual. I like it. Yeah. Smart and there's a lot of stuff. interesting news, too. So. Woo! Should be a good conversation. Anyway, what do you what have you two been up to uh, in the last week? Uh, not a ton of Star Warsy stuff. Um, cool. I saw a cool tweet today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, from Forever Star Wars. Um, this guy found that there was this moment in Force Awakens that mirrors this moment in Wizard of Oz really perfectly. Oh, I saw that. Wasn't that so cool? It's yeah, when it was interesting. The flying monkeys are taking Dorothy away, and Toto is like running after and looking up, like no. And it mirrors perfectly the moment when Ray is flying away on uh, Kylo Ren's ship, and BB-8's like no. They just got her tied to the hood. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that stuff because people are like, oh, I don't know if this is legit. I'm like, it probably is. Like. When people, you know, DPs and editors and directors are thinking about, you know, sequences, they love doing homage, little homages like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Anyway. What, what about you, Alex? Uh, not much. We've been packing for our move, and I keep being like, all right, I'm not going to buy anything between now and when I move. And then I find a new Star Wars toy and I buy it. So, it's, it's <laughs> been a lot of that lately. What have you bought recently? Uh, I've been able to get a lot of. The Black Series figures have been coming out with a lot of really cool ones, and I was able to get a box set for half cost. So I grabbed that, and then I was able to get uh, one of the clones the other day. And uh, Hoth Leia just came out at tar- at uh, Target, so I grabbed that. And it's just nice having to get more boxes to pack the stuff that I've been buying in the past week. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, there's one more thing I, I remembered. Um, I was going through old boxes of my stuff, doing some internal cleaning, and I found this old yo-yo I got. So when the prequels came out, we were young, and my friends for my birthday got me like every single thing you could possibly get um, for because they came the merchandising for those movies as we remember was out of control. But I have a Trade Federation yo-yo, <laughs> which is like the weirdest thing. But I was like, I, I'm pretty good at yo-yo, so I was like standing in my apartment yo-yoing with the Trade. Fed- it used to light up. It doesn't anymore, which is sad. But. Now it's on display. Probably my weirdest Star Wars thing on display in my room. <laughs> oh, but it has memories. That's the best part about it. Exactly. Yeah. What about you, Josh? Okay, so I finally actually did some Star Wars stuff hey. <laughs> in the last two weeks. So I finally, I'm finally done with Lord of the Rings. I did Good. it. Yeah. The Hobbit all the way through Return of the King. It's done. I've read it. I've consumed it. I loved it. It's it's gone now. It's, I'm done with it. Uh, you went did, from there and back again, right? I went from there and back again <laughs> for sure. Were, did, were these audiobooks that you were doing? Yeah, yeah okay. I did the audiobooks. Um, How many and, total hours do you know? Oof. Okay, well, Return of the King was 18 hours itself. So, I don't know, 50, 60 hours total for the entire... You know, when you put it that um, way, that doesn't sound that insane. I, I mean, it's a lot, but... I cut it up, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been like a like a year maybe of just listening to them and then taking breaks and then coming back and stuff. So that's cool. I mean, like hell, I was at IGN 
when I started the, like the Hobbit. <laughs> so it's been a while. Yeah. Um, but I did read I f- some Star Wars stuff. I finally finished volume two of Darth Vader. Woo. It was what? very good. Yeah. It was the one with uh, Joe Costa new, you know, if it doesn't, it's not in our archive. It doesn't exist. Oh. <laughs> uh, and the Inquisitor from Star Wars Rebels season one. Cool. So that one was really good. Um, and they do some cool stuff with Vader in there about like whether or not he like he like he wants to spare lives and stuff. It's it's Ooh, interesting. Interesting. So yeah. he has like a a moral kind of internal conflict. I think it has more to do with like does he follow his nature or does he listen to his master like that kind of stuff. Some and, in, some interesting and, little And his nature is more forgiving? No. Uh No, because in the in the book like he's hunting down Jocasta and the emperor wants her alive. Oh. And so he I mean he would internally rather kill her. So switch sees he's but, oh, yeah. interesting. So she Pretty survived cool. the plague she did. of the the death. idea is that she is trying to found the next Jedi order in secret. And so she sneaks back into the Jedi temple to find this like hidden thing that she was the caretaker of that's basically like the database of every force sensitive child in the galaxy that they knew of this is at great. the time of their collapse uh but of course uh some some emotions get the better of her oh that's a really good tease i'm it's like real good man <laughs> the darth vader series is real good let me tell you i need to get started on that yeah the like the first one that was running concurrently with star wars i thought it was okay this one that way one better okay yeah I, I think that uh, at least right now, this and Afra are like the best Star Wars. I found the first one was kind of spinning its wheels a bit. Like there wasn't a lot that I could really grab onto that I felt was like, I don't know, terribly. I don't know how to put it. Like there wasn't Which a lot. The, the because I read, I can't remember how much of the first Darth Vader I read. Like the one that was going with, like in tandem with the oh, Star with Wars. Oh, Star Wars, yeah. I just, I wasn't really, there wasn't anything where I read it. I was like, wow, that's, you know, that's intense. Yeah. Um, I had one moment in that series and it was in like the third issue in the very beginning where I was like, man, that is gangster. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. my favorite part is where he has his droid, uh, what like put in the fake information to the computer and the droid just kind of flies out into space and blows itself up. And Vader's oh, like, man. man, you can always trust a droid. I was like, that's <laughs> oh, <yeah>. awesome. I <laughs> love that part. And I think that's like yeah. in volume one, isn't it? My, my, I maybe. My favorite part was in in the third volume of the four, where he like hunts down some former Alder Alderanian like person, like some important person from Alderaan, and he gives them a rock. And he's oh, like, yeah. he's like, here, you yeah. want your world back? And he like gives gives her a piece of Alderaan. I was like, man, that's so that's so cold, yeah. freaking <laughs> savage. I was like, I love it. Oh my god. Oh, what a jerk. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then I did that, um, and I feel like oh, the other thing I did was I finally started like putting on a freaking timeline the the uh third 
lightsabers video. Hey, nice. I don't know when I'm going to finish it, <laughs> but it's looking good. Like a lot of the things are falling into place a lot easier than the last two, but mm -hmm. it's very different from the last two. So we'll see. I'm I'm liking it so far. Did and I get and I got to put a clip of George Lucas saying Star Wars was for 12-year-olds in it. Yeah. <laughs> we we should make that Any a excuse. shirt. Yeah. We should put that as a shirt for our our, our our little web store because I think a lot of people forget that. Yeah. While every, everybody think about it, everyone was pretty much a kid when they were introduced to Star oh, wow. Wars and just because we grew up doesn't necessarily mean that the target range has grown up. And I like right. the idea of only selling that shirt for adults. Yes. Like. <laughs> yeah. Um, Good idea. Josh, you just reminded me I need to put something on our uh, Trello board to get the stickers available on our store. Oh, we, we have a store, too, too, We do by have the a way. store, yeah. It is, um, I have the link up here. It is teespring.com slash longtimeagoradio. And we have some we cool have stuff. We have the Skywalker and Interstellar musical shirt. We have the Barris Was Right shirt. Because she was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we have the... Uh, the logo shirt but i want to add some more we have some ideas but i just haven't um yeah come uh, our shop a lot of love just rip, as a our, rip our stuff as a random idea we should do a special shirt for star wars celebration i was gonna say josh did you buy idea. your plane tickets you said you were um looking at that's them. thursday you're a uh, thursday you, you yeah. have put a date in your calendar for buying well, plane tickets there, no 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 this is why because i uh the flight provider i am trying to get my tickets from which uh, you refuse to endorse on this podcast <laughs> fine southwest I'm gonna, I'm gonna use southwest southwest has never failed me in the past just put it that way i've uh, i've gone in a lot of other flights terrible like i flew united one time it was uh, awful boo it was awful I also like how I had to cancel a flight this last weekend, and they give you credit, even day of. Um, oh, really? You can't get your money back, but it gives you Southwest credit for every oh, dime you spent. So That is good to know. Yeah. This episode brought to you by Southwest. <laughs> Southwest. <laughs> Southwest. Give us money. Um, but so when I go to look for the flights of that week, they're not available yet. But if ah. you click a little further in, um, there's a thing that says, more flights like and it's literally the week before is how much like i can go up to yeah it's like more flights will, will be available through this date at, on september 27th there you so go i'm like okay september 27th is when i'm going to buy my plane tickets i have all the money set aside i'm ready for it yeah so, i cannot wait yeah i know i'm very excited so very even excited. though i'm not going to star wars celebration uh, we did get our hotel for D23 next year. Yeah. Nice. So we're we're prepping for that. So you guys can do that side. I'll I'll, I'll cover the other one over here yeah. too. So we're going to be at all the big conventions Man, next year. I wanted to go to D23, but I I saw the tickets went on sale and I was like, "How much are they?" And then I looked and I'm like, "Man, I just do not have this money right now." How, How much are they? To, like uh, 250. Well, if you get them now with the gold membership, it's 170 something for three days. So we're going to be, I think before November 1st, you get a discount. After November mm. 1st, they go up. But oh. it just kind of depends. Like our hotel, we have a, oh. we're getting a Best Western a block from the convention center. And we're figuring mm. we'll do a full week. So we do Monday through Wednesday at Star Wars uh, at Galaxy's Edge. Because my guess is we're going to want to spend three days there and then do the convention the next three days of the week. That's awesome. And the mm. dates on this are August. Okay. August 23rd to the 25th. Yes. Yeah. 
I maybe by then I'll do this. swing it. D twenty three tickets don't always sell out either. Like you can typically yeah. get them a few weeks before. So if you guys need a room, we got two queen beds. And uh, now one seventy seven <laughs> is not bad, and it's actually until November twentieth. There um, we go. That's even better. All right. So that's I can't really spend reasonable. money right now, but if I can <laughs> Later. at some point, maybe I'll I'll consider it. You I, have I, about I've a year. Yeah, it's I'm I'm looking forward to it. I've never been. I've been to a lot of things. Haven't been to this, and I want to see the Star Wars and the Disney and the Marvel. And so I just it's like, love Disney. I just it. That's it why. Just, and, you, and then think about it. After that, you're like, I want to go on Indiana Jones adventure. You literally walk across the street and bam. Yeah. Bam. Indiana Jones adventure. Bam. Indiana Jones adventure. Nine hour wait. Oh yeah, because it's at the Anaheim <laughs> Convention Center. Huh? Anaheim Convention Center. So Ooh, girl. they yeah, do yeah, so right many cool things. And the year that Star Wars is opening over there too, and they're celebrating the 40th anniversary. Of the Haunted Mansion. No, I'm sorry. The 50th you anniversary me. of the Haunted Mansion. I'll get another credit card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Get like, a PlayStation credit card, man. I get. Ooh. I love my PlayStation credit card. I play. All I play is Destiny anymore, Becky. I know you guys and your Destiny on the <laughs> if chat. I had a Destiny I credit card. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be in business. I need a Hasbro credit card. I don't even yeah. know if it exists. There you a go. A Black Series specific. <laughs> a Black Series <laughs> card. card. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, um... Ready for the main topic? Yeah, should we get into our main topic? Sure. We'll good to go? All right. Intro two. Once... I was just going to do it. You don't have to remind me. It's literally opening my mouth. Once again, listeners, you were listening to Long Time Ago Radio. Whether you were from the... Bleh, whether you were from the class of 77 or Solo was your first Star Wars film, you are welcome here. And now on with the show. They were no longer... All right, so our discussion for today is a little crazy. I, I'm wondering how many of you, who among you have actually ever heard of this? We're talking about Star Wars Ring Theory. Have you ever heard of this? No. Only no? from you. Only from me. Okay. All right. Um, it has its supporters and it has its critics. But I think people, I've listened to some of the people who are critical of it. And I think that they kind of misunderstand it or they or they don't think far enough about it. Right. It's like you it's it's almost like you put your you, you go ankle deep in the ocean. And you go, eh, swimming's not for me. It's like you're not even in the water. <laughs> That's an amazing metaphor. Number one. Yeah. Number two, um, after our George Lucas episode, um, I definitely am leaning more towards giving him the kind of literary credit that he deserves. And while it might not be directly intentional, I definitely think he is so well-read and such an intelligent writer and, and um, reader that I think it's totally plausible that this stuff was in his head when he created mm -hmm. the series. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, for sure. Um, so if you guys are interested, there's an entire website dedicated to the this essay, quote-unquote, that was written about it. It's called... Uh, StarWarsRingTheory.com Mike Klimo? Klimo? Yeah. yeah, he wrote it. He cites a lot of sources, which some of them I will read here. I'm going to basically lay out the basics of it. And using the basics, I think the three of us can think about things that um, are apt that take place. And I also want to talk about the sequel trilogy in context to yes. this, because I think there are some things in it, even though ring theory technically 
it's two parts like is part of its fundamental um construction but we'll get and we'll he get wrote there. this in 2014 so it was before the yeah. prequels it, w- it was or this, well, it this was the se- year sequels. of right that yeah yeah Oh, well, no. when did they announce? Two, they announced 2013 they were in was with oh, the announcement, yeah. and then you had 2015 as the first sequel. Right. But okay. apparently it took this guy two years to research for this article, so this wasn't a random dude oh, getting high writing an article. This is a nine-page article. So yeah, it's huge. This is <laughs> impressive. But it's it's nine pages because he's literally going through all the movies and pointing things. Like, he's going, like, super granular here. Uh, we're going to be very broad about this and maybe get slightly specific, but we'll see. But for those of you that aren't aware, I'll open this with a George Lucas quote. That is the quote that's at the very top of the website. Can you do it me says, a favor? The interesting, huh? Can you read this in your George Lucas voice? <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Come on. You know you thing do. about Star Wars. <laughs> Commit. Uh, <laughs> There's a, lot of, there's a lot going on there that most people haven't come to grips with. But when they do, they will find it's a much more intricately made clock than most people would imagine. Ooh. I love Which that. It's a great quote. Yes. The idea behind Star Wars Ring Theory is that, and let's ignore the sequels for a minute. Let's just <laughs> imagine it's just the prequels and just the original trilogy. The Lucas Star Wars. Yes. Uh, Lucas Star Wars. The idea is that you have two basic parts of the story in question. So the two parts would be the prequels and the original trilogy. And I actually have a, they have a, there's a definition here that I put in here about what ring composition is. And I got it from the website. So maybe I'll just read that. It says from millennia old Chinese writings to the epic poetry of Homer to the Bible, ring composition is a structure commonly found in ancient texts all over the globe, transcending time, culture, and geography. Social anthropologist Mary Douglas explains the technique in her book, Thinking in Circles, and for starters, she writes that the form, quote, comes in many sizes, from a few lines to a whole book. In its simplest and most popular form, it is known as, and I have no idea how to pronounce this. Chiasmus? Yeah, chiasmus. A figure of speech in which keywords or phrases are repeated in two successive clauses or sentences, but in reverse order. For example, John F. Kennedy's famous line, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. The second clause is a reversal of the first, so the words are arranged in an A-B-B-A fashion. A ring composition, according to Douglas, is essentially, quote, a large-scale blown-up version of the same structure. And... We know that Lucas, when he was making the prequels, he intended them to, like, rhyme. So thinking about the A-B-B-A structure when thinking about how the prequels and the... and Not the sequels yet. uh, The prequels and the original trilogy would rhyme uh, is sort of the idea. And what the article is trying to convey is that not only do shots and opening and closing moments of movies line up which i've heard people go well it's the same guy making them so of course like they would he would use similar shots right because it's his style and all that and i'm gonna say look past that for a minute and just think about like motifs and other things that happen across all of the movies 
Like, I think I even have uh, a thing in here about Anakin and Luke and how it's like the same journey, and basically. I feel like an important thing about this is not just how it's like one, two, three, one, two, three. Like, these two things are the same and they repeat. It's about kind of the inverse, the yin and the yang of it all. Um, like, you go from, like, if you look at um, chiastic structure on Wikipedia, they use biblical examples. Um, how, you know, the, the story of the flood starts with Noah and his sons, and then there's the curse on the earth, then the flood, then the living creatures, then they enter the ark, the waters increase, and then God remembers Noah when they're on the ark. And then it all goes backwards. The water decreases. They exit the ark. There's the living creatures are on the um, earth again. There's the blessing of the earth, and then it goes back to Noah and his sons. So it's not just like you know, oh, we see so-and-so walking down the street, and then in the next movie, he's walking down the street. It's kind of he's walking backwards down the street, or he's walking down the street, and he's angry versus being happy. Like, it's not just... I feel like a lot of people look at it, and they're like, oh, it's the exact same thing over and over again. But no, there's an inverse to it that makes it a little more balanced, if that makes sense. All right. So to illustrate ring theory a little better... Um, there's actually a quote here from Anne Lancashire, Lancashire, I believe is how you say her name. I have no idea. She's a professor of cinema studies and drama at the University, University of Toronto, and she's written apparently a lot about this, a lot about the relationship between the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy and Star Wars and stuff. She writes, like the plot of A New Hope, that of... Phantom Menace takes us through the three stages of Joseph Campbell's monomyth, the hero's departure, his initiation, and the return. This is also both the plot pattern of each of Star Wars Episode V and Return of the Jedi, with Empire's return phase complete, being completed only at the start of Jedi. The overarching pattern of the first made trilogy as, sorry, this is written super weird, so it's like hard to keep track of it all um basically what she's trying to say is that the tales of anakin and luke pretty much mimic each other um except that luke's only takes place between four and five and vader's slash anakin's takes place over the course of the entire trilogy or the entire saga right mm -hmm. with his ending as uh his self-sacrificial death uh, and resurrection at the end of six, basically. And the idea is that uh, there's a mythological term called sins of the father that's being played out here, which is like, you know, you are your father's sins. I'm sure there's a better yeah. know, definition for that. Um, but the idea is that, that in Return of the Jedi, like they are kind of putting everything into... Uh, accord like everything's sort of like books closed everything's great and obviously we see that in the in the sequel trilogy everything's not great but um that that sort of is is the the overarching i don't want to say message but the like the overarching goal of the entire saga of star wars is to like redeem and like balance everything Right. And we don't truly become balanced until the end of six and, and things like that. 
Um, I found a good definition of sins of the fathers. The sins of the father derives from biblical references to the sins or inequities of one generation passing to another. So, uh, in, in, a, in a way, it would be like, oh, my dad did all this horrible stuff, and therefore I'm somewhat responsible. You have to pay for his actions. Yes. What I, what I really love, and partially this is why Luke is my favorite Star Wars character, and I know that's like a lame answer because everyone's like, <laughs> oh, it's just Luke. It's Boba Fett. Part of my love for Luke comes from the rejection of this idea. Because I, A, hate this idea. Like, the first time I learned about it in mythology, I was like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Because, uh, like, you know, you are, not your, you are not your parents' actions. Like, you can argue that maybe, like, you benefit from your parents' actions on some level, you know? But you, you're not, you, you know, you're de- if your father murders someone, you're not responsible for that. In, in in that sort of a sense. But in this context, you would be. Part of the reason why I like Luke is because at the end of Return of the Jedi, like, he's on the precipice of where his father was, like, turning to the dark side, giving into his anger, and he rejects right. that and breaks the cycle, which is ultimately what breaks his father out, you know? Um, and I that's partially why... I love that. That that reminds me. So there's a good Viceland interview with um, Climo. Climo. I, I apologize. <laughs> I don't know if this guy how to say his last name, but the guy who who wrote this theory, this paper, um, and the quote from the Viceland article. Um, Climo pro- points out that the film draws from classic modes of storytelling, referencing everything from the work of Carl Jung, who's a psychologist, famous psychologist, um, to dream interpretation to prove his point. His overarching idea is that Star Wars is ultimately a westernization of the Taoist concept of unification of opposites. The prequel trilogy follows Anakin Skywalker's descent from innocence into evil, while the original series traces Anakin's salvation through the last bit of love left in him, brought out by the innocence of his son, Luke. Um... And I just, I really like the idea of this yin and yang that, Mm -hmm. you know, you look at episode one and it mirrors Return of the Jedi in a lot of ways. You have, you know, this, um, this, uh band of people these locals the gungans the ewoks coming together blowing up the ship all of this stuff they like mirror very well there's a celebration dancing at the end la 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 um and it kind of they move inwards these films um and it's kind of like these perfect opposites of of where you start and where you end um right. and i just love it it's it's but it's Go ahead. It's also interesting. Sorry to interrupt. No, I was gonna say, that was it's it. also interesting to note that it's not always like um, one and six and two and five. Like th- those are, you know, they mirror each other in ways, but like one and four also mirror each other, and uh, four and seven, which we'll get to, mirror each other. Totally. In in. A lot of ways. Well, I feel like um, there's rings within rings. I feel like the yeah. original trilogy has a secular thing yeah. to it. Um, but then when you look at it as a whole six piece, um, I feel like the, the wheel becomes a little bit bigger. Um, right. Yeah. I did write a note here called Rings Within Rings, rings from the article. Rings Within Rings. What? It says, a large, a large ring composition may, in fact, include smaller rings. Quote, 
and this is from uh, Douglas again. Some rings emphasize the division into two halves by making each half a ring. A large book often contains many small rings that may come from different sources, times, and authors. One large ring can be composed entirely from minor rings strung together in groups. Uh, mm. This practice makes the ring form ideal for incorporating old materials, as in the Bible. Mm. So the idea being that you're telling stories within stories that reference and build upon each other within one narrative, right. basically. Um, or, a, or a collection of narratives that all sort of tie together. Well, I think it's interesting because I feel like the prequel trilogy is very much about the dark side about the fall of someone to the dark side. Whereas right. the original trilogy, you can see more of a balance there. There's a story going on about the dark side and there's a story going on about the light side. Um, it doesn't, the original trilogy just standing alone does not seem like the story of Anakin Skywalker. It seems like the story of Luke. But if you look at all six of them together, it becomes the, the saga of Anakin, you know? Yeah. And I'm wondering, you know, Though we have Luke's death now, if you add six and seven and uh, or seven and eight, if you if you end it there, you know you kind of then have two different rings there. You have the Anakin story and the Luke story, and then those overlap in the middle there. Um, yeah. So like Venn diagrammy rings <laughs> happening. <laughs> I do think that seven and eight have some really interesting things going on, especially eight. Yes. I think Last Jedi has some some incredibly uh, fascinating mechanical things going on in its narrative. Totally. That, that like I I tell people I have friends who are like not super crazy about the Last Jedi, and I try to tell like try to convey that I think that Ryan Johnson is. I think he has such a an amazing grasp of the mechanics of Star Wars. Yes. And he played he played with he he used them in the same way that Lucas used them, but he also played with them in such a way as to change them and not change them at the same time. Absolutely. I mean, we and, t we talked about this right after the movie where we're like there are elements cuz you expect it to fall in line, right? You expect this right. middle movie to be like a 2 or a 5 where you know, it kind of ends in chaos, you know, where are we, what's going on, like, blah, 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 blah. Um, but there's elements of, of six in there, there's elements of four in there, there's elements, he takes different pieces from all the different parts of the ring, and kind of shuffles them around in that film. So parts of it feels like the last film of a trilogy, parts of it feels like the first film of a trilogy. Um, yeah. yeah. I think that um, ultimately what makes it interesting to me is that it sort of represents the breaking of a cycle because mm -hmm. Rey is literally following the same path that Luke and Anakin did until, you know, the end of, uh, or not the end, but like the near end of, of uh, The Last Jedi, where she finds out that she is no one important, whereas Anakin and Luke were always these super important people. Well, it's the complete opposite of the revelation in episode five. Like, like Luke, you know, I am your father. No, oh my God, my father is like someone really important. And instead, we get two opposite moments like that. Ray's parents are no one and Snoke is nothing. It's like, it, it, it takes this kind of epic thing and, and boils it down to a much um, more simple thing, which I feel like mirrors 
episode four more, this idea that like someone out of a dusty planet can find their way to changing the world, you know? Yeah. I, I think there's one little difference though, is that with Luke Skywalker, even in episode four, when he's talking to, when he first really is having his interaction with Obi-Wan Kenobi, Obi-Wan says uh, that his father was a Jedi master. So from the yeah. very beginning, once, uh, you know, Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen, the, the stars of the movies, pass away, he's he's wanting to aspire to be like his father. Whereas yeah. Rey, you have this moment where she's literally been nobody this whole time trying to find who she is, and her moment of greatness is kind of thrust onto her. Like, she's never, she was never there trying to do what she did. It just kind of happened, whereas Luke took the steps to move forward. I feel like yeah. Rey is closer to Anakin than she is to Luke. Yeah, Because totally. Anakin, again, is, he was trying to, you know, provide for his family, for his mom. And again, he, he, he was thrust into the moment where, same thing with Rey, they were trying to find their place where Luke kind of had a glimpse as to what he could be. Oh. He didn't know his dad was Vader, but he knew his dad was something. I like this so much because what bridges the two is Luke. And so you have Rey and you have Vader who are both, you know, I I know there are some who think that Anakin is some sort of immaculately conceived whatever. I don't like that idea. I like the idea that his parents, his dad was like, I don't know, maybe a, a slaver or something. And like, you know, he was, there was no dad. Like he just wasn't in the picture. And his mom obviously was no one either. She was just a slave. Um, and they had these incredible powers. And, you know, the thing that, that keeps them focused, or, you know, obviously Vader's is later in life and raises at the beginning, is Luke. Luke brings them to their potential. Um, he's the kind of, like, force of good keeping everything balanced there. Um. Mm-hmm. See, I feel like it makes more sense if Anakin didn't have a father. And hear me out. Um, because, because he and Luke are so, are, are so mirrored in their journeys, basically, except for, you know, their turning moments. Uh, Anakin is born, let's like his, basically his father is the force. And when he turns and helps like eradicate the Jedi, he like wounds the force in a way like he's literally like ripping out you know in taking for like himself like the the power basically and 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 taking it away from other people taking their lives um luke sort of does the same thing but vader is his father and what does he do in return of the jedi which matches up to episode three uh but cut his freaking father's hand off he also wounds his father in the in in that and what other character also uh wounded their father in the course of Star Wars man freaking Ben oh <gasps> Ben kills his father yeah 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 um, speaking of the chopping off of things, um, <laughs> obviously there's a mirroring of you know, uh, Anakin loses his hand in episode five or in episode two, and then yeah. Luke loses his hand in episode five. Um, right. Does anyone lose their hand in episode eight? Um, no. No hands lost so far no in this trilogy. Lost. And I think that that is mostly just because 
like we're get, we it's funny cuz 8 is sort of like 5 and 6 just smashed together yeah. right in a way um and i feel like the defining moment that changes but doesn't really change like in a way changes the entirety of the saga going forward because i mean so many people complained that force awakens was the same as four like it was almost the same movie but it's like that's sort of the point like it's it's we're repeating the cycle and through a lot of last jedi we're like man we're gonna repeat this thing like uh ray's gonna do the jedi order and they're gonna beat evil and it's gonna be great and then you find that you come to find out that like at least what the entire sequel trilogy seems to have been about up to this point because at this point episode 9 is not out and we have no idea uh, it's been about the struggle of balance between the light and the dark and the light being what the Jedi were um, in in classical fashion right? Yeah. Like uh, the whole like you can't take a lover and you can't do this thing and you can't ever be angry and you can't you know um, but then the dark uh, having this thing where, like, why couldn't you use your anger in a compassionate manner? Which sounds strange, right? Like, anger can be a, motiva- a motivating a motivating emotion. Like, you can be angry about injustice. Josh. That doesn't make your anger. You're no. sounding What's a up? lot like a great Jedi right now. I just <laughs> want to put that out there, so be careful. <laughs> Um, I will say if you're looking at the third, this third trilogy, um, as part of this, you know, is it yin or yang when you're looking at the original two trilogies, I feel like when you look at Ben's story, um, if you compare the trilogy, this newer trilogy with the prequel trilogy, and you look at Anakin's story versus Ben's story with Anakin's story, you found someone who was trained to be good struggling with their impulses to be bad to to give in to the darkness to give in to the hate and i feel like with ben we have a character who was taught to be bad taught to embrace the dark side and he's struggling with his feelings of wanting of of loving his mother of feeling close to ray of 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 wanting to be connected to people rather than being so isolated um which i think makes him the most interesting moral character in the star wars universe i just love his struggle um and i feel like that is a another ring kind of yin yang but more with the uh prequel trilogy i feel like i feel like this sequel trilogy brings out a lot of interesting things from the prequel trilogy Um, it does but yeah i mean the the most interesting to me being the, the connection and mirroring of Ben Solo to his grandfather yeah. being Anakin. Like, they have almost the same exact path. They're both going to be Jedi. They both struggle with emotions and things and then turn and literally destroy the Jedi. Like, yeah, it, people think of that, like, Ben's turn in the context of, oh, he destroyed the Academy. It's like, he basically did the same exact thing, just on a smaller scale. Yeah. That his grandfather did. But, but, uh, oh, continue. Go ahead. And then he killed Snoke, which is like the equivalent. Like Vader is the one who kills the Emperor, not. He, he does, but I think he does in a self in a selfish way. And the reason I say that is because when Vader killed Palpatine, it was because Vader had a moment. Oh, you mean Ben did? Ben did. I think Ben did. Yeah, because yeah. when when Vader killed Palpatine, he did it in a moment because Luke, his son, was there to help restore the original goodness that was in him. Like, yeah, he killed his wife 
at that point, he didn't think he had any kids, so he gave himself to the dark side. When he finds out he has a son and a daughter, he has this moment where he's like, I can, I can still redeem what I've done to try to make things right. In this case, Ben kills his dad. There's really no way to redeem yourself coming back from that. He also thinks that his mom has been blown up too, right in front of him because of his actions. So at this point, it's, it feels a lot like he's mad at Snoke for, for having him do this. There's no, like, he didn't gain anything from it. He's trying to erase his past, you know? Like, I think that's one of the biggest differences that you have between Anakin and Ben is that Anakin had his moment to redeem himself, and now Ben is like, I'm going to burn all these bridges. Like, he has his, his, his way to redeem himself is just to get rid of what has happened and that's, create someone new. That's true, though I, I think that he is even more complex Um I, I do think, you know, the, that moment is spurred by Ray. I don't think he would have killed Snoke if Ray's life wasn't on the line right there. Um, mm-hmm. It might be one of those Sithy moments where he's like, I see this person as someone I could team up with, so let me kill my master, because that's very Sithy. Um, but I, I, I think it's deeper than that. Um, I think he is having these struggles. And even him killing his father, it's not like out of anger. It's not like I hate you. I'm oh, going to no. kill you. It's like I he, he is feeling so tormented by this good part of him that he thinks he can cut it out. Well, he's um, been promised this, you know, you destroy your father, you become one with the dark side. That never happened. Right. And like he that, hates himself for it. That feeling of goodness is still there. Yeah. The reason him not wanting to kill his mother in that moment is still there. Like that goodness is still shining through. Now, now you said that the whole thing with that he takes advantage, or not that he takes advantage, but he's doing it because Ray's life is in, in peril. At the same time, though, when, at the very beginning, when he goes to Snoke, there's a moment where he gets up and he, he grabs his saber. Like, Snoke does the Force Lightning against, you yeah. know, Ben. So do you think it's that he was really because Ray was, you know, it was her life, or because he's he sees this moment that, like, there's another person An in tune with the Force, we've been connected, we have there's a connection there can i use this to my advantage i think he's fascinated by her I and i think it's yeah. i think it's deep and i think snoke's biggest mistake was connecting them on skype um <laughs> space skype <laughs> space skype but you know i i think if you look at if we go back to this ring theory if we look at the original uh, trilogy as uh, you know the victory of the light over the dark and the prequel trilogy as the victory of the dark over the light I feel like what we're getting in this sequel trilogy is the yin and the yang in the same moment. I always like to think about films as, why are we watching these people at this point in time? Like, why isn't then, if we were just doing straight up repetition, why didn't we get all of the flashbacks in this trilogy? Why wasn't it Luke teaching you know, Ben, and then Ben turning. Like, why didn't we get the Anakin story again? Why is that told in the past instead of, why are we focusing on this moment in his life? And it's because I think, like what Josh is saying, we're breaking the cycle and we're saying something new. And I think we're getting the yin and the yang of those two original trilogies in the same trilogy, playing out in real time versus each other in the moment. Well, and it's an evolution of what's happened, too. It's not like it's exactly what it is. There's cause and effect. Right. The yeah. First Order came from the destroyed empire. I mean, if you look at Ameri- world history, you kind of see that too with the way that the world wars and the superpowers. It's, it's not like anything new. This has happened in our real world. You see right. an oppressed... You see a government try to come to power. It gets oppressed. They rebuild that power and they strike again. It's, it's, it happens in real life. 
totally yeah I, do we have anything else to say about ring theory I, I mean we've done a very broad kind of look at it and honestly I feel like the, these movies are so deep that I can watch them over and over again and still find like tiny things and tiny references to each other and things like that right like yeah um, I mean there, the guy was, was prompted to do all this because he saw all these shot similarities and then he read that Mary, Mary Douglas book or whatever and they was like oh whoa so I think if you wanted to read the article I haven't yet um, I think it goes really granular <laughs> you could see all these shots and all these things but um I just I just like how the the longer the series seems to go on, the more threads and connections and circles and rings seem to pop up. And I'm really excited yeah. to see where what it's the whole picture is going to look like once 9 is completed. Oh, that'll be the end of the Skywalker saga, so it'll be interesting to see yeah. what Star Wars is without the Skywalker lineage. I will say, I don't know if anybody looked at Gary Witta's novel uh, uh comic of The Last Jedi which came out recently, I believe. Um, and the moment of Luke's death is in it. Yes. And he's thinking, and you could see what he's thinking. And I think his last thoughts are like, um, I want to get it right, but I don't have to. Uh, it's like ended just as it began between the light of two suns. Exactly. Yeah. So there's a little circular beauty for you there. Yeah. Two suns, Anakin and Luke. <gasps> <laughs> and then they both set because they're both dead. <gasps> how how uh, likely do you think it is we get a Hayden Christensen Force Ghost in Episode Nine? Oh God, I hope not. Well, really? I think I I would, I would be okay be with it. it. It'd have to be really? him. Now that they did the special edition tweaks, it wouldn't uh, make sense if they brought in an older Vader. Well, who knows him? Well, who I can don't look at that and say, that... "Hey, look, it's." Who who would recognize what what surf, what purpose would that serve well, I don't besides think, to the viewer? I don't. I think what they could do is that you know Ben is feeling the presence of his grandfather, and he sees this ghost, and there's like a familiarity, but he's not sure what it is, Ooh. and he re- reveals that he's Vader, and he's like, "Why aren't you? You know, let's this robot dude." And they had this whole moment. They go to tea, like they have crumpets. It's a really <laughs> intimate moment, but I think they could play with that. I like I the idea of like a ghost's like kind of popping in, kind of flickering, like they're trying to reach him, but he can't yeah. really hear them. <laughs> I also think it, I also think it doesn't make any sense for it to be Hayden Christensen because the Hayden Christensen Anakin is evil, and the old fat man is the good one, yes, and it should this, be old right. fat man or the baby or Jake Lloyd. <laughs> the baby. The baby. <laughs> the or Jake Lloyd. <laughs> special editions are what's considered canon, so if you wanted to make it follow. The most recent version it would have to be that's like the one thing i hate i love everything in star whoa, wars whoa. you're okay with vader screaming no when he attacks i'm okay yeah oh, oh i hate gosh. that part i love everything i love the weird musical thing they added with the with the woman i'm fine with all of it i, I hate okay I, i'm i gotta stop you right there. <laughs> wait i do like the number but it does feel awkward and i'm sorry i hate vader screaming <laughs> no <laughs> They took out Yubnub, alright? They did Yub-Nub take out Yubnub. It's just no one knows who that guy is. It's like, hey, it's Yoda. Oh, it's Ben. And then who's that dude? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. If I'm being honest, we're probably going to get Luke haunting Ben. That's probably what we're going to get. Well, I still think, you could ha- I still think that they could be more than one Force ghost. 
I think it should end like the end of Mulan where like everything you know the people are all happy and we're doing that and then we like cut to like a force ghost party and like all the ancestors are partying being like woo <laughs> and you see Mushu back on the on the throne yeah. and all that yeah <laughs> except in this case what would Mushu, Mushu. be BB-8 R2-D2 Jar Jar oh god the ghost of Jar Jar although I think we can all agree we, we should not see a Han Solo force ghost no, it wouldn't I mean, make there sense. is a rumor but, that but it wouldn't make sense. he's doing things. But you know what I think it is? The rumor was that... Flashback? Who, who knows if this is true. The, the rumor was that uh, there would be... Han would be in it, but he was going to be de-aged. So I'm wondering if Harrison Ford is going to do some like, like, hello, son. Like, if you're seeing this, like, you're probably 30 years old now. Oh, like a, like a video? video? <laughs> yeah, like a holo- like a hologram, you know. I don't like, but like that a specific- at all. That, that would be kind of cool because they do reference that in um in which book, in I think it's Aftermath, the third one when he, when they're racing, like he starts recording videos for Ben before he's born. Oh, okay, never mind. So like, like that would be kind of cool. I, I never mind. But it has to be the Han Solo with the beard. I would rather he, be Leia. I wanted be- I wanted the fa- I wanted the mother son story. Yeah, but yeah, it's just that that's difficult though. I don't know. I know. Um, I was gonna say it'd be funny if at one point he pull he opens one and it's Donald Glover and it's like the Calrissian Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wrong one, wrong one. <laughs> yeah, so like, he's just like, what is this? Um, Love it! Yay! This is all very interesting. I'm glad we did this. Yeah, yeah, this is cool. Um, and if you guys want a bigger, or I guess a deeper dive on Ring Theory apart from all of our sequel trilogy-ness that we're adding on to it, you can go to StarWarsRingTheory.com. You can read the whole thing for yourself. It's very interesting, um, and I hope that we've opened some eyes and things like yeah, that. Yeah, we'll be posting this on our Facebook page, too, so keep yeah. an eye out for that. All right. Are we ready for the news? Let's do it. I have good news for you, my lord. <laughs> Alright, so for our first news story, it's kind of a sad one. It's kind of a sad one. Uh, original Star Wars producer Gary Kurtz passes away at 78. Um, yeah? Alright. You alright there? <laughs> that was the dog. Mm. I don't know if you heard that. No, did she Actually, ask you a question? Know, are you guys hearing her? Not like, at all. Is, is the dog speaking English? She like English? really wants to play, and she won't leave me alone. And Nicole's not here because she's at the she's at the UB job fair. So I'd play with her. Okay, now she's running after her tail. I have a minute. You got to get her one of those um, lightsaber practice orbs. <laughs> they sell them for dogs as chew toys. That's oh, like I'm legit. You need to get her one. She has a little Kylo Ren like ring. Anyway, back to Gary Kurtz. Gary Kurtz, the original producer of Star Wars, has passed away at the age of 78. Um, He worked on A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. He did not work on Return of the Jedi. He did work on American Graffiti. I think he was besties with Lucas. Yeah. Um, I forget why he didn't work on Jedi, but I did see a thing earlier today that was like, him talking about how he wasn't super... Oh, well, there's this freaking photo of him that looks like it's on the set of Jedi. Um, he he was doing Dark Crystal, so maybe that those were overlapping oh, no, that's, a lot. that's A New Hope. 
Never mind. Yeah, Evan Bass. Um, Dark Crystal came out in 82, so maybe there was a lot of production to do on that, because that was, like, lots of puppets and stuff. Um, yeah. That's sad. There's a, a nice quote from Mark Hamill saying, I lost a, a lifelong friend. The world has lost a kind, wise, multi-talented artist and his filmma- a filmmaker whose contributions to cinema cannot be overstated. It was an honor to have worked with him, and I am a better man just for having known him. Hmm. So I think those two were buddies. Yeah. So, sad times. He worked on American Graffiti, Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, and The Dark Crystal. And Return to Oz, one of the creepiest <gasps> movies ever made. Oh, I love The Wheelers. Oh my god, so scary. I that, love movie, that movie. I was obsessed with it, but also terrified of it when I was a child. It was like a weird relationship I had with that movie. And TikTok, right? Is that his name? TikTok. TikTok. Such a weird movie. Really good. And the witch that takes off heads. She takes off her head. Yeah. And then like the, oh, and they have to go into that room at the end and find the right item. Yes. Oh, Wasn't there even man. a talking chicken? Yeah, the chicken she, yeah. it's her chicken, and then when they get there she talks. Sure, this is a real this movie. Is a oh, real it is movie. so and, trippy. And guess who? It, guess which company produced it? Lucas. Disney. Oh, it is so weird. It is like it's like something. If you watch it again, you feel like, did I dream this as a child or is it an actual movie? It is <laughs> so I creepy. No, it's the, seriously like it, the Wheelers are great. terrifying. I want to do a Wheeler costume one day. That's, oh, that's that'd a goal. be amazing. Slash, I still want to do Nas cool. <laughs> we will do that. Yeah, I mean, you'll be a not. You can be the Nas Nas Ghoul, but I'll be Nas Cool. Who? Okay, you know the Nas Ghoul from from Lord of the Rings, the Ring Wraiths, the Witch Kings, oh, as they're called. I feel like so, we've done this. We've talked about this we were, before. We, yeah, I wanted we wanted to make Nas Ghoul outfits, but I wanted to put giant novelty sunglasses on mine and be Nas Cool. And you got to strike a pose too, yeah. you know. Yeah, and like point my fingers like, hey, you know. <laughs> I'm Nas cool. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you. Anyway. Thank you, Gary Kurtz, because without you, we probably wouldn't have had the Star Wars that we have. Thank- <laughs> and the true. Wheelers, too. Thank you. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah. Anyway, a comic series based on the upcoming Star Wars Resistance series may be soon on the way. It's a weird way to write a headline. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so more comics pretty soon, probably, that tie into Star Wars Resistance. Do you think they'll keep the art style? Like, will they just be renders of the... I feel like it works good as a comic, actually. I, like, seeing... Uh, anytime I see a still, I'm like, oh, that's really pretty. I yeah. feel like this is going to be from... Uh, I, oh, yeah, it is IDW. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's going to match the rest of the IDW art style. I do like the IDW art yeah, style. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Those, 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 those comics are fun. I we'll can, see. I can't wait for the show to come out so that you can stop hating it, because I know you'll like it. I don't hate it. <laughs> I just am not a big fan of the art style. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to be enthusiastic about it. We're going to talk about it on the show. I already see a costume not, I want to do, I'm too. I'm a fan of the art style. There you go. What, what I already that? see a costume from the show I want to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Red Trooper? Oh, no. that That's a little too red for me. It's too much color. It's uh, oh. about a gold. No, I'm looking forward to... Uh, hold on. Give me a second. Let me get his name because it's super cool. What about, his name what is... What about Adidas Trooper? Griff Halloran. He's the one in the uh, TIE pilot kit with uh-huh. the skull painted on the he- on the helmet. Ooh. Like, I want to make that. That's cool. Okay, this is super right. random, but I'm on Star Wars Newsnet, and uh-huh. they have this, like, play buzz thing in the corner now that, like, says facts about things. And yeah. I really like that. And they're talking about how, um, I feel like a lot of people don't know that Adam Driver was in the Marines. Um, 
he signed up right after 9-11 when he was 17. Um, and he was discharged after two years because of a mountain biking accident. Um, but, yeah, just a little Adam Driver background. He will also yeah. be opening the uh, the next season of uh, SNL, I believe. He's the opening person. I love yeah, him. Yeah, I think they yeah. did that this weekend. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, man, I'm behind. I think. I'm not sure. Anyway. Moving forward. This next, <laughs> this next news story we might talk about for a bit, because I think it's very interesting. Disney CEO says they will be more careful about the volume and timing of future Star Wars movies going forward. Um, so I'm going to read what he said to the Hollywood Reporter. He said, because they asked him about... Him being Bob uh, Iger. Yeah, Bob Iger. I'm sorry. Yeah. Bob Iger, CEO of Disney. The head cheese. Yeah. The, head, the, yep. the big... Cheese executive <laughs> officer. The big Gouda. <laughs> yeah. That's what CEO is, right? chief executive officer yes yeah okay i know things uh <laughs> the cool employee oh employee, employee overall overlord <laughs> what did bob Iger say he said then this is them talking about um uh solo in specific and specifically uh, he says, I made the timing decision, and as I look back, I think the mistake that I made, and I take the blame, was a little too much too fast. You can expect some slowdown, but that doesn't mean we're not going to make films. J.J. Abrams is busy making Episode Nine. We have creative entities, including Game of Thrones creators David Benioff and uh, Wise, who are developing sagas of their own, which we haven't been specific about. And we are just at the point where we are going to start making decisions about what comes next after JJ's. But I think we're going to be a little more careful about volume and timing. And the buck stops here on that. So what do you think he means? We all know what he means by timing, obviously. Like, don't put them, like, two months apart. That's too much. But volume... Do you think we stop getting a movie a yes. year? And do you think that we... I think so, too. But do you think that we... Do we even have a Star Wars movie in 2020? No. Because I'm going to go ahead and say no. I'm going to say we're not going to get a movie till 21 or 22. I would say 21. I feel like that's a good time to start. They, they need to take a break, though. Like we, They need to make sure that they... If they're going to start with all these shows and all this other media, especially with the yeah. streaming service, and the oversaturation of star Wars all of a sudden, like they need to be very careful because Marvel at the same time, it's going to be ending the largest arc of all their movies of all time. And I don't think that there's a phase five in, in the works at all. I think that their, their whole shtick is that after, uh, after infinity war two, it's like the end of era number one. Yeah. So they've got to be careful because then, if they're going to start something new yeah. at the same time, that's two of your biggest properties that you've purchased having to restart new you know what i mean yeah yeah i feel like they're talking there's more quotes about that from different sources about how at this point they're in uncharted territory as a filmmaking company because they have bought up so many different franchises and they are bringing in most of the money each year from film but they don't want to compete with themselves um my biggest takeaway from this that makes me really happy is that they're not looking at the, the Solo box office disappointment as anything wrong with Solo. 
Um, right. They're looking at it as purely a timing thing, which I love because that movie was excellent. And despite all the drama that went into the production, they weathered that storm. And I, I honestly feel like the only problem with that film was the release window. Um, and I'm glad that they're taking that into account because it, it yeah. would be a shame for them to get another quality director, which I feel like they're going to keep getting quality directors now. I think they're done experimenting. Yeah. Um, and they work really well with Ryan, and they're giving him a whole trilogy. Exactly. Yeah. So, I think they, you know. they this whole phase one was a little bit experimental, and now with, with a lot of Avengers stuff under their belt, I think they have a little bit better lay of the land of of what the pacing should be and what the market is for these kind of films. So this is all good news to me. Yeah, I think it's good news too. And I was saying on Twitter when this news broke that... Uh, like next year it has no shortage of things going on like obviously next month we're getting star wars resistance and then next year is clone wars season seven Mm -hmm. possibly the start of the live action show and episode nine yeah (laughs) and even though there may not be a movie in 2020 you imagine there'll be season two of whatever the show is and more Star Wars resistance and comics and books. Yeah. Well, I you think know? one thing they need to look at too is they make a lot of money off of merchandising. And when you have a movie coming out year after year after year, typically when a Star Wars movie, back when the prequels came out and all that, and even the original films, you had a number of years, maybe two to three years between movies, and that allowed the, uh, the merchandise for that movie to kind of mature you come mm. out with a lot more figures a lot more ships and at this point you're getting a, an initial wave of toys coming out when the movie comes out and then there's really no time to expand on that universe because oh no here comes solo we have to stop this wave and start with the solo wave so then people mm-hmm. start you know they want certain figures they want certain toys and then they're not making them because here comes another movie and there's a lot of catch-up having to happen i think they also need to be careful with that because i know at, as a collector i've seen a lot of other collectors complain about the lack of, uh, what do you call it? Like, there's not as many figures as we used to get. Like, if you look at the Power of the Force line, so many figures that span so many years, and now it's, you get, like, six characters from a movie, then you have to wait two more movies until they come out with more characters from that first film. It's just, it's a lot of weird, confusing mix of just cranking things out a little too fast. And I'll also say, like, maybe, like, we could focus some story effort and some money and some creative willpower into a game. Yes. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be fun. We have game news coming up, by the way. What? Yeah, two game news things. Is one of them a story-based, like, third-person or first-person game? Uh, well, there's things about games we know about. But I agree with you, Becky, and we should do another game episode. Um soonish about like the state of star wars games please give me something to play that's a new I think, story i think the state of star wars games is, is going to get the license back <laughs> they shouldn't anytime soon yeah. i mean i don't think they will. i enjoyed the little bit of story in battlefront 2 so much like it was so exciting to me to run around a ship as like a new person and then when i was like luke skywalker for the first time in a level i literally just hopped around on my ship for 10 minutes i wouldn't even do the message <laughs> i was so excited to just be someone and i just wish that they would put yeah. their energy into that but anyway yeah um here's another question before we move on to the next um story do you think after this this hypothetical break that we're talking about, do you think they go back to 
every year there being a Star Wars movie? Or do you think maybe they all think they do a Ryan Johnson trilogy movie every two years with a with the two Benioff and Weiss things like in the middle? What do you think they do? I'm curious if we're going to keep getting anthology films. Yeah, I think I think I don't think I we think are. they need to separate the two because people were getting confused. I don't I don't think they did you, I, I, did you raise that honest, question on Twitter about whether people would be happy if they were comics? Yeah. yeah. I, no, well, I said, what if instead of doing anthology films, they made them animated? Yeah, great. Like, what if Lucas made animated movies for their streaming service as the anthology Excellent. film? Or they could, and then just, you know, made their bigger they movies. They could even do movies. live action if you're going to do it on a streaming service. But I think there needs to be a separation between the way that they're released. That way people can keep track. Because yeah, people, different formats. People were like, hey, is Rogue One a sequel to Episode 7? Like, I'd had people asking me these questions or super confused yeah. about Solo because it comes six months after, you know, you see Rey and Kylo fight. It, it gets a little confusing, but if you have it in different formats, one in the movies, like, here are your big stories, the larger continuation versus here are the, like, the Well, like the Marvel. Little story. Yeah, like, yes. Like how they have, like how Marvel has yeah. the the Netflix series, exactly. then they have their TV series, and then they have the main canon. And and you know yeah. that they can do if Netflix is making their own movies. Once Disney has its own streaming service, they could do you know Return to Endor three if they really wanted to, but still have it released <laughs> there, and people wouldn't get as confused. Totally, yeah. I think that's a really good idea. The streaming service as a vehicle for these extra stories outside of whatever big budget trilogies are going on at the same time. I think that would be a really good delineation point. Right. I also think that one of the things that people miss about because people try to compare Marvel to Star Wars all the time, like Marvel gets three movies a year. Marvel progresses though. Yes. Yeah. It never looks backward. Like we're never gonna. I say this. Hopefully they never do it. Not gonna We're work. never going to get a pre-Iron Man <laughs> Marvel movie, right? Uh, well, you did hear that they're trying to do streaming shows off of the pre-stories, right? But that's uh, that's no. another example, though. That is streaming true. Shows, that is streaming shows, a different it format. Different. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, like, every Marvel movie that comes out, you ima- it's like forward or adjacent to the other one that you just which saw. i kind of hate because i can't watch any of them if i miss one well, i have to like watch them all <laughs> and the thing is too if you look at it in terms of marvel versus star wars if you look at all the star wars movie that's like having an avengers movie every year and we're not getting that we're getting stories based off of specific characters that happen to connect yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. it's a much broader yeah. thing like if you had an avengers movie every year yeah we would get a little overwhelmed but you have a Thor story, and only in the past few years have they really been connecting. You look at the the Dark World, that really didn't connect until towards the end of it, especially like the after credits scene. You look at the first three Iron Man movies, and those really didn't connect as much until you know now. Yeah, and like the Ant Man films are pretty standalone. Yeah, and Star Wars is not really unless you're looking at the the story version, the like the Solo and the Rogue One. You have to have watched every other film. But the thing about the, this, it, it, it I, um. <laughs> no, go for it. Now I'm curious. I, I just, I really enjoyed Solo and Rogue One. Oh, I thought they those were, were beautiful, I mean, I beautiful awesome films movies. by amazing, like, and they were, they were the kind of films you would want to see on a big screen. Yes. Like, especially Rogue One. Like, what a beautiful cinematic experience. No, I think. And I would. I would hate for those to be kind of relegated to, 
you know, though I love television, but you know, the experience of going to see a Star Wars film in the theater, like well, they could yeah. still do a limited release in the theater. I mean, no one. Yes, I, I mean, there, there's been movies in the past few years that do an online streaming plus, you know, limited release. I will TV shows do that. Doctor Who yeah. does their premieres um, in theaters. What was Inhumans did that? I mean, that show totally bombed, but they released <laughs> what, like the first three episodes in theaters. I would pay fifteen dollars. Oh to go watch oh, a yeah. made-for-TV Star Wars movie in theaters. And I know other 100%. people would. Um, I think uh, Jason from Star Wars Explained had a good thing. He was like, while I was excited to go see Solo and Rogue One and I liked them, they felt like stories that would have been rather been novels or comics, like in Legends. And he kind of was like, I kind of want the movie like if i'm gonna go to the movie i want it to be like something on a force awakens or last jedi level and and i'd rather like stories like rogue one and things like that be told in smaller media but the filmmaking in rogue one was so gorgeous well that i think solo and i I mean he's not arguing it's a bad movie no i get it i get it my thing for that is i think solo i would agree with that like i would i think solo could have been a book or a comic book but I think Rogue One, since it dealt with the largest space station that connects, I don't know how many of these movies together, like it's part of the larger story. It was a little part yeah. that we never really understood until now. Like it, It's part of the story. It may not be part of the Skywalker story, but it connects episodes one all the way through seven. I will say Solo felt like a comic book yeah. in a good way. Um, yeah, I, it, it did. When I walked out of it, people were like, how was it? I'm like, it felt like, a freaking Star Wars Legends like <laughs> novel, like some fat novel, like put on screen, and that was awesome. I mean, I just I gotta just stand by Rogue One because I just think that's, with the exception of Last Jedi, I think it's the most beautiful Star Wars film. Those last um, two minutes, it is. Just all, uh, it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous movie. Um, the whole thing is yeah. great. Yeah, everything's awesome. Yeah. Moving on. Everything is cool. Moving when you're on. Part of a <laughs> Author Jason Fry shines light on a long hidden Star Wars Easter egg. So do you guys know about this no. Easter egg? No. All right. Maybe I should just read this article because it's like, it's long. All right. Um, it's a whole thing. And I was totally unaware of this thing and before this all happened. So Star Wars author Jason Fry unearthed a long hidden Easter egg of his own creation on Twitter this morning. <laughs> Uh, he said the Easter egg was born from the extended ending in the special edition of Return of the Jedi, where we see a celebration montage after the fall of the Empire. As it turns out, one of the shouted lines from a Coruscant citizen means more than you know. And Jason admits that he's a little sad that this little gem had gone unnoticed. Okay, real quick. I haven't read any farther, and I'm remembering specifically in Coruscant, hearing someone's voice being like, nah, 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 and I don't remember <laughs> what they're saying. This is fascinating. Continue. So, although most of the lines were barely audible, Jason points out that, because there's a crowd of people all yelling, Jason points out that one line in particular attracted a lot of attention, and fans began speculating uh, what was actually being said. Some heard, quote, the time has come, while others heard, quote, long live the Republic. However, one theory was that the line viewers were hearing was actually the Son of Sons which was a subtle reference to the Chosen One prophecy that Lucas would later include in the prequel films. They go on, they say, uh, 
Lucasfilm's Pablo Hidalgo showed an apparent interest in this theory and contacted sound engineer Matt Wood to obtain the original audio recording of the line. It was decided that the line was actually a made-up Huttese phrase with no meaning attached to it. So much for the chosen <laughs> one. But wait, there's more. It says Jason reveals that the spoken phrase was Gshata Gasha and that when he got the opportunity to do something about it, he decided to retroactively assign real meaning to this phrase. So he says, in the book Darth Maul Shadow Conspiracy, an adaptation of the Maul Mandalore episodes of the Clone Wars series, he casually dropped a line explaining that Tatooine's twin sons were called the Jidobagasha in Hatties. Later then, he got the chance to update the episode one visual dictionary for DK. <laughs> For the 3D release of the movie, he included an alias for Bounty Hunter or a Sing that helps explain the rest of the phrase. Um, I love that he had this power to, like, go and retroactively make something epic from something that was lost. That is so cool. Yeah, and it it goes on just a tiny bit further. It says, Aura Sing's mother was named... Auna nauna. I have no idea how to say that. So he refer. Uh, so he refers to sing as Shata Auna nauna, which came to mean daughter of the Auna nauna in Hatties. So now we come back to the phrase Gshata Gasha from Return of the Jedi, and we see that the phrase literally means the daughter of the sons. But couple that with the knowledge that in legends the Hut species were hermaphrodites in the gender restriction <laughs> for the word. And no he's surprised applies. no one picked up on this. Like, come on! Like, how would someone yeah. put all these things together? It's yeah. It's it's one. It's a great example of how Lucasfilm takes stuff that was either never used or really obscure, and they they try to like flesh it out or do I something with that. it. I love that. I love it. Like, uh, I think even the, the snips, you've got to stop. I hear her now. <laughs> anyway. Um, what was I even You're saying? Gonna, oh, the, yeah. the junkyard on Jakku is like concept art from like the prequels or something that it. they never used. I love it. Uh, it was like a Tatooine area or something, and they're like, "Oh, let's just, that looks cool." I love the idea that there's just like a warehouse of like stuff and books and concept art and scripts that, like, you know, I imagine when someone gets to make a movie, they're like, "Go play for the afternoon. <laughs> Go pick up yeah. stuff and throw it into your movie." I love it. Right. Wait. So we haven't said though what it oh means, goodness. though. Correct. It means son of son. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. He retroactively yeah, it, put in all it, these clues. Yeah, it meant, people thought it meant son of sons, but what he was saying was that phrase in Hatties, which meant nothing. And they retroactively went back and made it mean The son of sons. That. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Power. That's the idea. I want to get to a point power. where I can do something like that in Star Wars. Unlimited What's funny power. is that they kind of let Lucasfilm kind of let this one go, and when everyone was like, "Oh, Old Man Rex is in Return of the Jedi," for what a good two years, everyone's like, "That's a stupid fan theory," and then that author <laughs> confirmed it, and then he had to take it back, and then we watch Rebels, and what happens? Confirmed. Love it confirmed. so much. Power of the people. I want to get like involved enough so that I can like retroactively rewrite the song that the girl sings in the reissue of. Um, uh, Return of the Jedi to be like a whole prophecy about Rey. Oh, sliced noodles? 
Yeah. Ray's coming in a few years. <laughs> I love right. sliced noodles for as weird of a character design it is. I mean, it's it's just a fun character. It's fun. And that song's catchy. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Hey, she did a good job in uh, Clone Wars. Moving forward. Anyway, next news story. Some game news, like I said. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order rumored to be a realistic spiritual successor to the Force Unleashed. <gasps> love it, Is that love story going to finally be done? Aww. No. <laughs> uh, I, I think what... Okay, hang on. I'll just read this. I have a I have my own thoughts on on this which I anyway according to a new rumor EA and Respawn Entertainment's new video game Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is going to be a spiritual successor to the kind of gameplay seen in The Force Unleashed but don't expect to pull star destroyers out of orbit the which thank god the scale <laughs> the scale of the player's character's powers will be kept in check to fit in with existing canon instead of giving us a ridiculously overpowered character strong enough to defeat Darth Vader and Emperor Palpatine in quick succession I am okay with that yeah, so I don't know if anyone's ever here has ever played the Force. I've played the second yes. one. I played the first it's, one. It's super goofy, but fun. I really uh, liked it. The first it's one. It's fun. I I like them. Uh, I had a whole debate with a friend of mine about this because he's like, well, they're they're the best Star Wars anything." I'm like, whoa, well, I don't know if I go whoa, that far. That's an aggressive opinion. Uh, as far as force unleashed goes i think they are really fun what if stories but boy they are like dragon ball z star wars like i'm not into that um well they're starring sam witwer which is kind of cool sam witwer is great you know but the characters like level nine thousand invaders like level two yeah but it's a video game it is but it sometimes felt like you were in the same realm like the, the the final yep. boss battle in uh in the second one you fight vader and half of it was just blocking stuff and then it ends with him pretty much almost killing vader it just felt too too much sometimes i understand i understand but it's totally a fun game like i can't say the gameplay yeah. wasn't fun because you get to fly around and you know strangle stormtroopers and hold them in the air while you walk and then slam them into other like it's a ridiculously fun game but it was just way out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's the same reason that I don't... Talking about Tolkien for a second. I don't know why I emphasized the, <laughs> the second Tolkien. half. I was going to so say, much. is that what nerds... Are, how talking are you about to Tolkien's, say his name? Uh, uh, the reason I don't like the Shadow of Mordor series is because it doesn't feel like Tolkien. But it's so much it's fun. When is that supposed to take place? I don't even because know. They, yeah, they show, like, Gollum is running around. Because Gollum's running around, you have it feels like it's supposed to take place. Sauron's yeah, in is, it. Is it? I thought it's supposed to take place after Return of the King, but then it's a prequel to it all. Like it. I hear you. It feels like you're playing a Lord of the Rings fever dream, but I'm okay with that because it's super fun. Yeah, uh, but I want them to. F I want them to feel consistent with the life. Yes. Hey. If yeah, that makes sense. I completely agree. I mean, but what I yeah. uh, what I'm cool with though is like having your Battlefront type games that are like, you know, Star Wars on drugs. Because the reality is, the Force powers open up a window for really fun gameplay. Like if you want to put yeah. it to the tenth, it's like why not? Why not have like a fun 
brain explosion. If it like, you know, if it's Luke waking up from a dream at the end, fine. But like the mechanics are, are, are fodder for some really fun gameplay. And then let's have like cool games that actually fit into the canon. You know, I don't, sure. well, I don't see why. Didn't they, didn't they do in the first Battlefront you had the version of the story where Luke went bad and you went and you massacred Ewoks? What? What? I don't remember yeah. that. Yeah, no, not, I'm sorry. The, there, not Battlefront. It was the one that was on, like, on Xbox. I don't know. So I think it was Battlefront. <laughs> crazy. There's a There's a version of that game where you follow an alternate reality and you follow a separate timeline where Luke Skywalker goes bad. And you get to That's go on cool. Endor and you get to kill Ewoks. Like, that was part of the gameplay. I mean, there is a uh, mission in the original Force Unleashed because they added DLC that was like after you picked an ending or whatever. And if you did the evil ending, you kill Vader and become Vader. Like you get like a Vader kind of costume that looks awesome. And then you get to go do the Battle of Hoth and fight Luke like in the Hoth hangar. And then you get to turn him evil at the end of it interesting um but i mean so i'm again i'm curious how then is this a spiritual successor if they're saying i think this is like I the game but not at all they're saying the gameplay like loop that you are familiar with will be sort of what it's like except it will be more grounded like you're not going to be pulling star destroyers out of the sky because that's just ridiculous yeah. okay if that makes sense all right You'll be able to throw dudes and, like, slash them, and it'll be great. You're not Thanos. But they're not going to be like, <laughs> see this planet? Crush it with your hands. Press you know, A really it. fast. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So I'm into that. Sure. I want them to be more consistent. Uh, I just want there to be more. Like I just want to play Star Wars games. Too. Why not? Yeah, they, it's been, they've been blundering on this, and I want them to make some cool games. Okay. Keeping up with Star Wars game news, uh, there's another Battlefront 2 patch coming out actually tomorrow. So by the time you're listening to this, um, it's going to add in a bunch of new clone cosmetics. So you're getting the the 104th Wolfpack Battalion and the 91st Mobile Reconnaissance Corps. Uh, And then they're making some changes to matchmaking some quality of life things some bug fixes and then of course the best thing that they've done in a while they are changing the squad system to be more like battlefield so if you're playing with your friends you can spawn on your friends which thank god let me tell you becky we need to play some battlefield i know now that this is going to be in there, like we need to get on that. I'm, I'm looking at the different... I love looking at patch notes and stuff because sometimes they're Me hilarious. Um, there's one... Fix an issue where the chicken near the East Turbo Blaster would not be fleeing from the player. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw a comment that's like, oh no, they fixed the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> that's thought that so was pretty funny. random. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Cool. Yeah. yeah. No, please. Let's make some Battlefront. Maybe we could play with some uh, listeners if anybody wants to play with mm-hmm. us. Yeah, I have it on PC and PS4, so we'll have to do that. Next news story. Somebody's gonna have to explain this a little bit to me because I don't yet actually know what Star Wars Reads is. But Star Wars Reads returns in October. Uh, Star Wars Reads. It's this great thing that Star Wars does with a lot of the publishers, and you see a lot of it with the libraries and comic book stores, it's an event to promote literacy. 
so they'll have mm. lots of little giveaways they'll give out free printings of books and all that so if you enjoy star wars you want to take some kids or even yourself to go and just read star wars and go to really cool star wars reading events uh check out star wars read that's coming back this october every year they do really cool posters uh, activity books it's it's a lot of fun it's also a good way Isn't... to kind of start reading a new star wars book if you haven't you know if you have the time is this the campaign that like put all those posters in like libraries that i saw when i was a kid uh I want to say yes. I think this is the evolution. Like, it's evolved over the years to become an actual yeah. thing. You'll see the, the poster now is BB-8 reading a book. Yeah, I remember, like, one with Yoda reading. Yes, that's the same one. Yeah. Yes. I tried to get a uh, friend of the show, Alan, one, because he's a teacher. They had, like, some Leia poster that's, like, you know, read and resist or something. Because they were giving him out for free to teachers but i think it was too mm. late well if you check out starwars.com in early october they'll actually put a list of all the different places that are giving things away or they'll have uh, downloadable posters so at least if if we can see if we can get alan some of them that way too yeah. i think i think that'd be a good thing for uh for his kids for sure um let's see man we got a lot of news this week Disneyland removes outdoor seating to make way for Galaxy's Edge. All of the seating. You can't sit anywhere anymore. <laughs> oh, no. Just kidding. Um, Alex, what's going on at Disneyland? So this may down? be one of the, the largest tweaks to a theme park made for the opening of a new, you know, land. Uh, back when uh -huh. Disneyland first opened, you didn't have New Orleans Square, so you had that whole readjustment of the theme park to fit that. But what they're doing now, uh, which you didn't also see back in, what, 1993 when Toontown opened, they're reducing a lot of the seating and a lot of the planters around the theme park, especially at Disneyland, because there's such a small footprint. Walking space is extremely valuable. And you know everybody wants Galaxy's Edge opens is going to be rushing towards the back of the park to enjoy it. So if you go to Disneyland right now, you'll notice that a lot of the planters in front of Frontierland, Adventureland, and parts of Fantasyland all have uh, scrims around them. They're doing work. They're pretty much shrinking them and removing benches from Tomorrowland. I mean, they're, they're pulling out a lot of stuff. They're concerned about space. They're concerned about yeah. guest flow, which has always been a problem at Disneyland. I was thinking about this in Disney World when I was there recently, actually, too. Like, to get the area... Um, like, Hollywood Studios is very interestingly laid out. And the place that galaxy's edge is going to be is really far back yes so it's like everyone's just going to be streaming through and and it's it's kind of inconvenient you'd think they'd want to open like a second entrance or something well i know at disneyland there's two there will be two entrances and my guess is orlando will have two as well because uh, even in orlando they're having issues they're they're starting to remove uh seating walkways and uh what do you call it planters too because they're they're concerned that the queues are going to extend from the park all the way to like the entrance of the theme park. I feel like they should add like a like a Galaxy's Edge entrance to the park. Yeah. I know that that kind of goes against, you know, everything they've done, but it's just going to be such an explosion. I don't think they're going to be ready for well, it. Well, one thing that Universal yeah. Studios did, at least in Hollywood when the theme park first opened, they put ticketed kiosks everywhere. And what you did is you went to the kiosk when the park first opened it, opened it when the per park first opened and you pick up a timed entry ticket. So then you'd say, okay, you can enter the Wizarding World of Harry Potter starting at 10.30 or 11.30. That way they kind of 
split up the crowds. I don't know if they'll be doing that over here. I haven't seen any indications of that, but they always have the fast pass system, and I wouldn't be surprised if they started putting carts out to do that because you're looking at a theme park that can hold up to, what, 65,000 people, I believe, is like at park capacity. And if 65,000 people try entering that one area, I mean, that's going to be yeah. ridiculous. Chaos. Yeah. Um, when is, has the time already come and gone for buying the tickets for the night before where there's less people? Or has that not happened yet? There haven't been any announcements for that preview. If, it's, if it does happen and there haven't been any announcements as to when it could open, the only clue that exists is that the AP's annual pass holders are blocked out starting around June 20th. Okay. So the thinking is mm. you're looking at the first, within the first three weeks of June, that opening. Because, like, I want to spend all the money to not be there on a regular day. Yes. Because I just cannot imagine what a crap show it's going to be. Well, that's what we're hoping while we're there for D23. We might as well spend a few days. It'll be, what, like a month or two past, and it'll still yeah. be busy, but still maybe a little more manageable. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, this next news story, I did you mean for the link to be a joke? Because I just cracked up laughing. Yes. Yeah, I clicked on that and I like, just started smiling. <laughs> I'm like, glad oh, you guys clicked goodness. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, the story is, is about Solo, is on Blu-ray. But the link is to, what is this? Taco Cat? Yeah. It's just a cat. Like like nine cat. Just going, and it's hilarious. Yeah, solo. I'm gonna I'm gonna go buy. Which version are you buying? The blue. Well, like, are you? I was gonna say the DVD. Like what? No, but I mean, like, are you gonna try to get a still book? Are you gonna get the Target version? Are you gonna get the? Um, I usually just go to Best Buy because it's right by my office. So. I'm going to do that because I think we're going to make a we have to make a company run me and the other video guy tomorrow for like SD cards and things. And I'm like, hey, I gotta buy solo there while I'm there. So we're going to try and do that tomorrow. And we are going to do a solo watch along soon. Yes. yes. Yep. Sometime this week, hopefully yeah. we'll figure it out. And I think you mentioned this and it's going to be true for me as well. I mean, I'm going to buy the Blu-ray and they always come with a download code, correct? Yes. Which we could give away to yeah, our listeners. I, well, so I already own the digital version for reasons. <laughs> so, Whoa, that was cryptic. I mean, I, I bought it, but it was for, I was trying to do something, didn't work out, but now I have the digital version for already. Reasons. So I'm like, well, now I can give the code away. So I'm going to have a Movies Anywhere digital code for Solo. Um, so make sure to sign up for our Patreon, listen to our watch along, and maybe get a free copy of Solo. Yeah, we'll figure out how to give it away um, at some point. But, yeah. Anyway, uh, how about Creature of the Week? Let's do it! Sweet. Good job, Bob. They want no wonder. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Okay, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. On first, when I first clicked this monster, oh my god, it's it so looked cute! Like, it looked like that it wasn't a hand. It looked like those was like six pack abs. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yeah, and he's like stretching back, like oh hi. 
Um, this thing is adorable. <laughs> I've never seen it before. I love it so yeah. much. So this is a Legends? I've clicked Canon. So the Canon just... is that it was concept art. Ah, okay. Well, it's a Legends yeah. creature. Um, we are, of course, talking about the Vorpak. Vorpaks were a non-sentient but still quite smart species of puffy Now, what on earth creatures. does that mean? Uh, who knows? They were stupid, Puffy-looking creatures. <laughs> like a pug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That were native to the mid-rim world of Naboo. Uh, and they're cute. Hold on. You, how'd you not say this? They made out of carnivores. Vorpaks were much beloved by many ladies of Naboo. Like, oh. what? I don't know. Despite their beguiling appearance. Aww. They were brave, loyal, and can be quite fierce when they are provoked. Um, they look like, you know, the two concept arts look very different. Uh, yeah. But the one that is main looks like a little orange fluff ball of adorableness with too many legs, though. It looks like they have six mm. legs, which I don't like. They have eight. No. But if you are a Nabu lady, you might like. No, because that's that's spider te- territory. Apparently, <laughs> um, they made great hand warmers in the winter. That's cute. Wait, as in oh. you killed them or you I, just I held them? I think you them? just hold them. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And their pleasant scent was much admired quality. Ah, oh, good old pleasant scent. Aww. I, you nice. smell good. Oh, thank you. It's my board pack. Okay, no, I'm scrolling down and I'm seeing the picture with the legs and they are no longer cute. They're cute. Look at look at that happy face. He's so no. happy to see you that all his legs are out. No, you can't be cute when you have that many legs. <laughs> it's just science. Um, he also looks like he's been electrocuted. But yeah, they're little puffballs. They kind of look like guinea pigs, maybe, with legs. With too many legs. Yeah. But apparently they smelled good. For sure. Yeah. And they were hand warmers. <laughs> I think these are the weakest of any of our Legends characters. I'm sorry. No, not like weak, like quality. I'm saying like when we eventually do our March Madness oh, bracket okay. one day, I'm pretty sure these things are going to get I don't know. eaten pretty quickly. Don't you remember we did one that was a butterfly and it literally said they showed a butterfly. Like it was a one sentence description. And then we had I'm glad Mama. that I like when you pick them. Alex, because they're so weird when you pick them. Yeah. Um, Star Wars is a weird, weird, weird place, and there's there's always like the carnivores, and there's a cute. I try to, you know, you got to mix it up. Or, or a, a goat. goat, or a llama, or a uh, undisclosed yeah. butterfly. You know, just. Un- I'm all about that undisclosed butterfly. <laughs> and for more about our llama, go back and join our Patreon and watch our and our watch along of uh, the Endor movie. Yes. We see the llama in action. Space llama. Yeah. And we see a whole lot of Marin County. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, that's going to do it for this episode of Long Time Ago Radio. If you are so inclined, an iTunes review would be great. They help so much. Let us know how you're liking the show. If you'd like to get in touch with us directly, you can email us at longtimeagoradio at gmail. Dot com and if you'd like to get in touch with me personally you can do so on twitter at the jawa josh where can the folks find you i am on twitter at rebecca june lane our official twitter is at lta underscore radio and i will again pimp our patreon uh, patreon.com slash long time ago radio and i'll pimp again our teespring because we have cool t-shirts so do it check it out yeah Alex. one more pimp 
facebook.com slash long time ago radio we will definitely post an article the article that we spoke to about the uh the ring theory because it's really really cool uh you can follow me on instagram darper underscore fet and definitely check out our patreon and our online store we have some really cool things out there and we have goodies that are ready to be mailed to you right now sweet cool all right everybody may the force be with you we'll see you in two weeks bye, bye. See ya.